The snow may be falling as we release this episode, but we're gearing up for golfing in Great Falls. Everything you need to know to hit the links coming up on this episode of We're No Damn Experts. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. I'm Shannon Newth. And we're we're No no Damn damn Experts. Today, today, Shannon, in the studio, (laughs) we have a man I have never met before. I've heard of him. This is my first time, I think, meeting him in person. (laughs) What I'm really excited about is we've done all the disclaimers and all the intro, and he was on board with it all. And he is ready to share everything he knows about golf. His facial expression says otherwise. (laughs) Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. I was, um, so we've got a project coming up in the office. Uh, I don't know when this episode's going to end, uh, the timing of it. So I prompted Callie G and our colleague about what I needed done. And I said, we might be done in time. I said, the podcast is about golf. So it should be like 10, 15 minutes. And she's like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and then we she know pers- nothing. Well, well, I know nothing. Okay. I was like, I kind of know things about <laughs> golf. I'll share. But then after she says that, you proceed to tell Callie multiple stories about golf. So oh, I was yeah. like, no, this is not going to be yeah. a short episode. So Jeff, <laughs> tell us how long you've been in Great Falls. Uh, just starting my fifth year here. I've been oh. been at the course for four straight uh, seasons and just starting number five here tomorrow. Wow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow well, is your know. first wait, official wait, day? Wait, with, <laughs> of your five? Spring. Days. <laughs> I'm just saying open. springtime. Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. yeah, I came up here in, in 20, um, 2019 whenever my company was um, hired to manage the, the city golf courses. Course mm-hmm. Co. Yeah, Course Co. You're with Course Co then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, look at yep. this. We're learning stuff already. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized and learned that 2019 was five years ago almost. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Wasn't yeah. So, anyway. have you been within the golf world? Um, your career is that what you do is golf management? Yeah, I've I've, um, uh, I've been in the industry for twenty five. Oh, oh geez, wow. twenty just about twenty seven years now. Hmm. So, I, just tell us in general and the listeners. Like when I think of golfing, I just think about getting the cart and going out and golfing. There's obviously more to. <laughs> golfing than just that component so what what do you do as part of your role because i'm guessing you just don't get to golf all day um in this position no i don't <laughs> uh, Dang it. in other positions you've had in the past you do yeah i, I oh. and, and we can get into that oh, in a little good. bit <laughs> I, I my staff always they look at me after a while and they're like you have a lot of stories um and, and, and i do after 27 years in the industry I I, i've I probably have more stories than most people in, in my position do. So I manage Eagle Falls in uh, Anaconda Hills. Okay. Here in town, both of the, the city properties. Um, public courses. Bo- both mm-hmm. public courses, uh, municipal courses here in town. There's four courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have R2, Eagle Falls and Anaconda. And then you have Metal or Meadowlark, which is a private club. 
and then Hickory Swings, which is an executive course, the four courses in town. And, um, and, and all four of our properties do a phenomenal job. Uh, Billy over at Hickory does a great job. The conditions over there are fantastic. Scott over at Meadowlark, running the pro shop, I mean, they, they do a, a great job. Uh, and we all have a very good working relationship, and it fits very well in the, the community. To answer your question about what do we do for, for golf, and, and there's a lot there. You know, it, it's <laughs> mowing the lawn. Yeah, yeah. We go out there and we just cut the grass, you know, <laughs> make sure the water's running. Yeah, on occasion, you know, yeah, we do mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, you know, what we always look for, though, is, and I tell everybody, when you come out, I mean, we just want you to have fun. Yeah. And, and have a good time and, and not take the game too seriously. At, at the amateur level, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. hard for some of us to yeah. not get too competitive. And, and, and being competitive is fine at certain times. I'm trying to learn as I get older in life, like I can be competitive, but I need to like chill out about it because my ability level never matches my competitive level. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't go well. So, Shannon, <laughs> like, are you an avid golfer? Like- I love golf. I grew up, I'll tell a story. I grew up in a golf family okay and I can share more as we go along that doesn't mean by any means I'm good at golf and this is where it's like this is the problem so you have the premise like when you go out on a golf course yeah. like you know how to hit the ball and yeah. you know which makes things. it worse because uh, I can't hit it how uh, I know I should be hitting it anyway. my approach to golf 100% <laughs> is fun <laughs> I'm awful <laughs> but if you're out there and you're laughing that's what's yeah that's what's mm-hmm. important you know I mean I, I I know people like Shannon that come in there are, are very competitive and they get down on themselves and beat themselves up and they want to do better and they think they can do better. And, and, and that's great. There's a time for serious competition mm-hmm. and there's a time to go out there and, and, and laugh and have fun. Uh, honestly, 95% of the time you should be out there laughing and having fun. Yeah. Yes. It's also um, interesting when those two worlds meet on the golf course. <laughs> Especially if you're paired up with somebody else like, uh, that's opposite. Usually that for me, so well. it's like people are showing up behind me and they're like, can we play through, <laughs> please? Did you even hit the ball? I'm like, yeah, I'm it's still right looking there, for so. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. didn't go that far. It shouldn't be that hard to find, but there we go. Um, so people go out, they golf. Let's say I want to get better. <laughs> or let's say... A family shows up and they're like, we're going to golf, but Steve over here, no, he's really bad at it. Um, he needs a few lessons or pointers before we go. Do you get that at the golf course or do you have to do that before you travel anywhere? Yes and no. Oh, great. That's, that's, that's kind of a vague question. <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, we, we do offer lessons. Okay. Um, I, I teach, but I, I've got a couple guys on staff who are primarily my instructors that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're available for private lessons, for group lessons, uh, all of our junior camps and everything like that. But we've had some customers that have come in and said, you know, hey, I've, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone out and, and talked with them for a couple minutes and kind of give them a, a few pointers uh, of, and talking to the group and saying, you know, if, if this person's struggling out there, it's okay to, to not play the entire hole. It's okay to take mm-hmm. a swing at a ball once or twice and miss it and then mm-hmm. pick it up, move it down the fairway with the other group mm-hmm. and then drop and play more of a scramble format. Um, especially chipping and putting, you want to be, you know, do those things there. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've had those conversations in my, my career and, and doing those things. And, and it's, people get so caught up in that they've got to, they've got to be able to tee off and hit the ball and then continuously hit it all the way to the hole and then hole out, which is obviously is the, the, the goal of the game 
but what Shannon's doing. Yeah, not well, what I'm doing. Not well, but yeah. You know. <laughs> but it it can become extremely frustrating for that person whenever they're not moving the ball forward, uh-huh. and, and then it it does slow down the pace of play, and there's some some ramifications to that. Uh, but yeah, we we will encourage people to you know play a little bit of a scramble. Go ahead and pick up your ball, you know, max out at at eight or seven or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so if somebody comes in and has those questions, we're we're fully equipped to handle oh, handle good that. Deal. Have you seen slash heard the Robin Williams take on the sport of golf? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Well, you just think because in those moments when I'm getting real frustrated, I'm like I'm trying to hit this tiny ball with the stick way over there into a little hole. Like it's amazing people can do that in a few strokes. Just saying. <laughs> Did you play professionally? No. Just a avid player, or do you even play? Like there's some people who know <laughs> like there's some people who know how to play but don't play very often or yeah. can manage a golf course but don't play, I would assume. I'm just yeah. making stuff up. No, you you're you're right about that. I I've known I've known guys in my career who um play very little golf and 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 they're they weren't that good, but they were great at managing. Mm-hmm. They were, they were great at, at developing staff and managing a business. Um and then that's a a good portion of, of what my role is, 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 you know, managing a business like any other business. Um, but I, I do try to play as much as I, as I can. Okay. Um, I've had positions, uh, I was at professional at a, a property in Florida and, um, how do I put this? So my, <laughs> well, my assistant, Florida, you can yeah, say whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Fl- Florida is kind of a, a, a strange place. Anyways, I, I had a, my assistant and I in the summertime, we would close the pro shop at five and we would go out and we would play two, three, four holes or nine holes or 18 or, or whatever we felt like doing that mm-hmm. evening. And, uh, but we'd always play the front nine because the back nine kind of went through the community. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and in our positions, doesn't matter where you're on the golf course. Somebody sees you; they're going to watch you. So we would always <laughs> we would always just play the the front nine. Mm-hmm. And so after, and we were doing this probably four nights a week. Okay, we, we would go out. Oh, wow. So the uh, one day the the president and vice president of the, the board of directors comes in the office, and and John, the vice president, he's like, you know, do you even play any golf? <laughs> I said, well, well I, I get out every once in a while. And he goes, well, we never see you out there. I said, well, I mean, I, I we go out, we'll play a couple holes on the front, but every, you know, a little bit. And he's like, we think you should be playing with <laughs> all of the the members that we have here oh. and playing in, in the various groups. And, you know, the men's group played a couple of days a week and the ladies group and they had this other group that would play. And he's like, we want you to, you know, be out there with them and we want the, you to consider this like to be part of your job. So, Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so so they, walked out, they walked out and Blake looks at me and he goes, I think they just told you you have to play more golf. And I was like, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> so that turned into playing, honestly, twelve to thirteen rounds a week. Oh wow! wow. Um, so Is that r- too much golf? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> for for a couple months out of the year, uh, that mm. that was that was fun. Um, but then you do hit a period where you got to just shut it down and, and not touch a club for for a while. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're putting that much time in on a golf course, I mean, that's, I was down to, I think I was a, a, a 1.5 at one point handicap. Mm. Um, I so don't know was, what that means. Just for anyone who cares. <laughs> 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 like, 
I don't know what that I means. I pretend like I know what it yeah. means, but I have no idea what my handicap would be, so I don't know either, really. What is a handicap? So a handicap is, well, let's put it this way. In real basic terms, a handicap exists so that you and I can play against each other and, and gamble. Okay. It is, <laughs> it's really what a handicap is for. Yeah. Um, if, if, you're, if you're an 18 handicap and I'm a zero, when we go out and we play, every hole you would get a stroke. So if you make a five and I make a four, we would tie on that hole. Oh, and so, but a handicap is, um, it, it's not based on relation to par. It's based on relation to uh, the course rating. There's a, a formula. Oh. If you go on the USGA's website, you can learn what that formula is. Mm. Um, it takes 10 rounds, actually nowadays, it takes five rounds to establish a basic handicap. Mm. And then um, a, an actual official handicap is when you have 20 rounds. Huh. And it, it takes the top. The, the the 10 best scores you've had over those most 20 recent rounds and then goes through a calculation on, on that. Huh. Shannon, I'm going to need you to calculate your handicap for the next uh, <laughs> podcast episodes. We oh, need to I got to get 20 rounds in before <laughs> next had, week. <laughs> you just said you golfed. You could just average all 20 rounds you've ever done. See, now if you no come idea. into the pro shop yeah. and, and you can get a handicap through the pro shop. Oh, okay. And, uh, the, the USGA just raised their fees. So it's a annual fee. It's, it's an annual <laughs> fee of $25. Oh, that's oh. not bad. Okay. Um, but what that allows you to do is either go through your phone into an app or when oh. you're in the pro shop, whenever you get done playing, yeah. uh, you come into the shop and we have a computer in there and you just go in and, and you pull up your account mm-hmm. and put your score in. And, oh. and then hit enter and walk away. Oh, that's nice. That makes that easy. And, yeah, and then, that's pretty good. Then you can always go in and, and, and see what your handicap yeah. is. Now, for the for the casual player who never plays in any tournaments, it's more of an ego thing to know what your <laughs> handicap is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you play in events like uh, some events that we have coming up, uh, we have a, a two-man match play tournament coming up. Or if you play in the, the Great Falls Open in September, which mm. we, we do have a ladies' division, um, you know, you need a handicap to, to play in those. Oh, okay. So, or if you're going to play in any of the MSGA, Montana mm-hmm. State Golf Association events, um, any of the their amateur tournaments or even the USGA events, you know, you would need a, an established handicap, mm. a verified handicap. Okay. But if you're not going to play in those. Uh, There's know. not really a reason to have that. No, yeah. not, not really. Um, but it is a nice way of, of seeing where you are right now and then ah, seeing your progress. progress. Oh, that's a good yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. good way to judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> for those of us that aren't big golfers but enjoy getting out and having a good time, how do you judge a golf course? Because there are four in town. To me, I pick them by the least amount of people that will be there when I'm going to golf so that uh, less people are irritated by <laughs> my inability to play the sport. Um, so, like... My first time golfing, we went out to Fairfield mm-hmm. <laughs> late in the afternoon, so no one was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't frustrate anybody. Laughed the entire time. Yeah. Why would you golf other golf courses, or what do you look for? What should people look for in picking a golf course to golf at? That, that's I don't. A, yeah, I've, I've, I've honestly I've, I've never been asked that question before. Wow. See, I come up with all the questions yeah. nobody ever thinks to think about. All right, so are you asking like there's, what do I look for, or are you asking for what, what people what should? people in general should look for? Yeah. Like what makes our courses so much fun to do versus another course? Because I assume 
and I've heard this. People who golf, they go all over and they golf everywhere. Why? Why are they picking all these different places to like go? Like, why mix it up? Why try different courses? Or why are they picking the ones they pick? So th- that's, uh, again, a very, very hard question to answer. <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're coming here to town and, um, and you're looking for a place to play, you know, obviously, Meadow Lark, unless you have a friend, because it's a private club. Right. Um, you're you're going to look at, at one of the three other courses that we're going to have. And, and really what you're looking for from a golfer standpoint is um, something where the conditions are, are, are well known. Um, you know, golfers do tend to share information as far as the, the quality of your greens. Okay. And, and honestly, the, the, the quality of the greens at, at Eagle Falls and Anaconda and Hickory um, are phenomenal. They, they, they're great. Uh, Meadow Lark, I mean, they're fantastic as well. Um, but yeah, if you're traveling, I mean, you want to do a little bit of research and maybe go onto some websites like golf now and, and, and some other things and, and look for some ratings, try to get a feeling just like mm. if you were going out to dinner, looking mm. for, for a restaurant that uh-huh. you've never been yeah. to before. Um, but you're looking for good conditions. You're looking for, um, some holes that are challenging. Okay. Um, you might look at the, the length of the golf course to give you an idea, mm. um, depending on your skill level, you know, you're looking for something that is, you know, a little bit longer than, than you know, this other course down the street, um, and kind of going off the reputation and, and going from there. Now, once you play it, and, and we've all played courses that you walk away from that say, you know, didn't really enjoy it, okay. um, but but we've all played courses that we've walked away from and said, you know what, the conditions weren't, you know, world class, but what a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of that, that repeat business comes, part of it's from the golf course, and, and part of it's from the, the, the conditions of the turf. Uh, but I think a large portion of that is the experience that you have in the shops with, with the staff, uh, the experience you have with, uh, with the food and beverage staff and that, that intermingling. And I think we do a fantastic job of that. Um, you know, it, it's, that's what gets people coming back. And, and I've played – my girlfriend gets really annoyed <laughs> because I, I've got a lot of stories. And, and I, I've, I've been able – privileged to play a lot of courses that a normal person doesn't mm. get to play. And, um, and I, I've had some great experiences at some of those and, and I've had miserable experiences at some of those with, with the interactions with the staff. Mm. And, and that's what always kept me coming back. Um, since we're just having a casual conversation, <laughs> I'll, I'll share. Yeah, um, please. There was a course in, in Florida. Um, so the Florida course, that, again, the, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've run properties in Florida, <laughs> Montana, Mm-hmm. Let me think here. One, two, three. I think eight or nine different states now. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. So I, I've I've a little I've bit of a, little, a golf expert. A little bit, a little bit. Of, I've seen properties from from low end to high end private, and, and I, I've worked at all of those. Um, so yeah, my background is is pretty diverse. <laughs> Where did you come from? Just prior to Baton Rouge. Oh okay. Oh yeah, mixing it up. There's a course called Copper Mill, uh, actually in the town of Zachary, just outside of, of uh, Baton Rouge. Phenomenal golf course. Um, struck with some economic struggles that they've had. Mm. Um, um, when it opened, it was the number one state or number one course in the state. Oh, wow. The, the layout was phenomenal. And, and right now, they're actually going through a major greens renovation. They've actually ripped the entire course up and, and they're redoing oh, it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it'll be exciting to see. And, and, and my friend Patrick is still managing the course. Mm. So. 
I'll be excited to see how that, that yeah. is. Shout out to Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Should be listening. <laughs> have you been, uh, so Florida, Louisiana, have you been to courses in kind of the Northwest aside from Montana? So um, let's see if we or can run states, through the, that's through Washington. the career. Washington. Um, yeah. Started my career in Arizona. <laughs> okay. Um, moved to New Jersey and worked at an oh. off-course retail place for a while. Oh, wow. And then got back to a Greengrass facility on Staten Island in New York. Oh, fun. Um, where I cut my teeth as an assistant. Yeah. Uh, and then I got my first uh, GM job at uh, Lake Tahoe Golf Course. Wow! Uh, oh. In South Lake, yeah. which is under 640 inches of snow right now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're, I think we're opening sooner <laughs> yeah. than them. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that. Oh, I, I actually I miss those snowstorms. Yeah, um, it's it's the second snowiest year on record for mm. for that mm-hmm. area. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I was in Tahoe and then and, uh, moved to Pennsylvania. I grew up in Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, was at a course um, uh, east of Pittsburgh for a little while and then got recruited by uh, by another management company. Um, used to be called Billy Casper Golf and then they've since been bought out. Um, so I got recruited to go to Florida. And while I was with that company, I, I managed a couple different courses in Florida for them. Um, and then ended up, uh, got recruited to be at a high end property in Ohio, hmm. um, and straightened out their operation and their training programs and did everything that the owner wanted me to do. And then, uh, got recruited to come back to Billy Casper and hmm. end up in Louisiana and then, um, uh, ended up getting recruited by Corsco. Okay. Uh, through friends of saying, Hey, there's an opportunity to, how do you feel about Montana? Yeah. And, uh, so met with Mike, the president of the company, and, and had a fantastic experience talking with him. And uh, so that's what brought me here to Montana. Wow. Um, just just the, the things that, that our company does, Corsco, is so different than any other management company I've worked for. I've worked for American Golf. I've worked for Billy Casper Golf, you know, part of Troon, Kitson Partners in Florida. Um, and, and they all do a fantastic job, but what we do at Corsco is, is so different. And that's what attracted me to want to come come mm. here. Um, did you visit Great Falls before you took the job or did you just sign on the line and show up? Ooh. So I've, I've been to Montana before. I've, okay. I've been elk hunting out in Augusta. Mm. Okay. Um, when I was in California, I came up here with a buddy of mine. And so uh, like a lot of people, I'm always attracted to want to come here. Yeah. Um, so but I'd never been to Great Falls. Okay. And, and I flew up here and spent, spent the day with Mike. So Mike, the, 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 the president and CEO of the company flew out here to interview me personally. Hmm. I mean, I had some interviews with some other staff over the phone, uh, but but that meant a lot to me that the president was interested in, in flying from, because the corporate office is in California. Mike came all the way up here. Uh, we met with Steve, yeah. Parks and Rec director. Mm-hmm. Uh, met with Greg Doyne, city manager, mm-hmm. and, and had some great conversations. And then Mike and I went out to dinner and had had a great meal. He, he put on the full court press trying to recruit yeah. me. And I was already committed. I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> but the harder he pushed, we just had this conversation last week. I was at the corporate office for some meetings, and, and Mike was telling a, a person who just started with a company, um, you know, a little bit about this. And, and I told Mike, I said, the harder he pushed to recruit me to be here, the, the more I was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite, opposite it, reaction. Yeah. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. I've yeah. already said yeah. yes, and now they keep going. No, I say things I didn't say yes at that point. <laughs> um, so I kept telling him, I'm like, I'm like 95% there. And he's like, what's it going to take you to get to 100? And I was like, well, uh, let me, I want to sleep on it. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got off the next morning and jumped on a plane and flew to Baton Rouge. Or actually flew to New Orleans. <laughs> and um, as we landed and we were taxing down the runway, I sent Mike a text. I said, right, you know, send me the paperwork. Yeah. Uh, totally off the subject of yeah. golf in, in my career, but that's kind of how it, it, it yeah, all happened. Yeah. Um, I did tell Mike, though, in, in, in full honesty and transparency, I told Mike, I said, I'll give you two years. Yeah. I'll give you two years of Great Falls, and then I want to explore opportunities with, within the company. Um, after a year and a half, Mike said, so what are you thinking? Because we, yeah. had, we had some opportunities in the company. And I looked at Mike, and I said, I will always be your guy in Montana. Mm. I said, I'm not, I'm not leaving Great Falls. Yeah. Oh, so, here you are starting. That's what five. happens. Yeah, so that, sucks that's, you in. That's how I'm here. <laughs> um, I, I've taken on some some projects that the company's asked me to do on a corporate mm. level, um, but my my role is, is here managing yeah. the two properties in Great Falls. I've got my hands full with with <laughs> everything we have here. Yeah. What's your vision for the golf courses here? I mean, you're saying things that I know nothing about, like redoing <laughs> the greens and like. Do you relay out golf courses? Do you <laughs> rebuild? Do you add holes? Do you change holes? Like, what's your what's your vision? So the 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 vision for the two properties here is is um, constant improvement. Um, when we got hired to take over the properties, there was um, some great infrastructure already in place. Okay, uh, but the the plan as far as as far as the turf management, the turf plan. Uh, wasn't as solid as it, it should have been. Uh -huh. um, the direction the golf courses was going, the relationship that we had with uh, some of the, the, the clubs and our regulars um, needed some improvement. And, and the, the management staff that was in here before we got here did, did a great job. Um, but for various reasons, I think their hands were tied a little bit. And uh, so we came in, and the way the management agreement works is my company gets a fee to manage the courses. Yeah. Um, any... Uh, extra profit or, or loss, which we haven't had, but any extra profit that that 100 goes to the to the city. Um, oh. A lot of people think that my company uh, that we lease the property and we don't. Hmm. Uh, in this situation here, we just get paid a set fee every month, and we manage um, everything from you know HR to turf programs, and, and hmm. we, we do all of that. Um, but the the vision I, that we have for the properties is is continuous improvement. So there's Improvement can be measured either through the, the quality of service, the, the quality of products that you have, um, the conditions of the, the golf course itself. And when you go, when you talk about improving conditions on a, a golf course, there's two ways of doing it. You either throw a ton of money at it and get it done real quick, such as the, the property of Copper Mill. Uh, they're redoing all their greens. They literally came in and stripped all the, the sod off of the greens and they're re-grassing so re it. <laughs> so um, it. But it, it's a southern course, so you can sprig it with Bermuda grass, and it takes and like it, three months, and it grows yeah, back. Yeah, that's true. That's totally different than, situation. than up here. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Bermuda just grows so different than, hmm. than the, the Benton Napoa that, that we have here in northern climates. Learning all about the types of grass, too. There's a lot of different yeah. varieties. <laughs> um, and at any point, whenever I do throw out terms that you're not familiar with, just raise your hand. <laughs> Jeff, I'd just be constantly raising my hand. So for some, I'm just going to we're just going to keep going. Like, huh? There's no, obviously he knows a lot about golf. There's mm -hmm. different kinds of grasses on the field. So we, yes. keep, we just keep going. <laughs> it won't matter to me what yeah. kind of grass it is. It's not like, oh, grass. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've watched golf on TV. My husband has entered that stage of his life. And um, the commentary will be like, the greens are really fast today. And Robert goes to me, what's that mean? And I'm like, I don't, why would I know? <laughs> Obviously, it just means the ball's rolling faster. I don't know why. And I don't know how. <laughs> and I'm not about to try and explain it to you, honey. And he goes, well, those greens do look fast. <laughs> We are the we are the biggest morons when it comes to golf. So Jeff, right. do you want to tell her what it means? All right. So, <laughs> so there is a, a way of measuring the the, the speed of a green. <laughs> in, in, Miles per hour. No, it's measured. In, it's measured in feet. Okay. So, and before I, I, I teach you that, <laughs> I, have a, I have a disclaimer here that. A lot of people say they, they, they want to play really fast greens um, <laughs> because the ball, you know, it, it's, it is a challenge, especially if you have a little bit of a downhill putt, and, and it, there's, there's a lot to it. But I've always been a proponent, and a lot of us in the industry are a proponent of you want a ball that's rolling smooth. So if it's rolling across a green and it's bouncing up and down, it's going to bounce left or right, and you can miss putts. Um, usually in northern climates in the springtime, you have those conditions because nothing's growing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when it does start growing, I mean, it's it's hard to get the right height and everything like that. Um, people talk about, well, just lower the height of the cut, and the, the greens will roll faster. And, and and that's a very small part of what it takes to make a green fast. And Imagine can, the type of grass chain. <laughs> to, has to something to do back. with that, To too? an extent, okay. and also the time of day. Mm, um, yeah. and uh-huh. We can go down that rabbit hole over <laughs> here a in a, a second. <laughs> so, so going back to how you measure the speed of a green. So there's a device called the stint meter which was invented in Oakmont, which is uh, 10 miles from where I grew up. Okay. Um, Oakmont is probably one of the most historic courses in the country. Huh? Uh, they've hosted 13 USGA championships. Oh, wow. um, I think seven or eight um, uh, U.S. Opens, uh, a handful of women's Opens, uh, mm-hmm. one or two PGA championships back in the day. It's always in the top five courses in the world. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal place. And, and I've been privileged enough to play there um anyways they, they had a, a they had a guy there his last name was stim oh this makes so, sense yeah. so what happened it's was at, what at oakmont <laughs> yeah so at, at oakmont they they were having a discussion about you know trying to trying to find a way to calculate the, the speed of the greens because in the, the world of golf oakmont how do i put this because you guys don't have a lot of experience in golf um <laughs> well someone listen might Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, so, uh, Oakmont is, they're well known for that. The USGA could call up uh, Oakmont and say, hey, I know we're supposed to have the US Open at this other course, you know, in two weeks, but they got flooded out. And can we hold it at Oakmont? Oakmont is always in US Open conditions. Mm. Oh, um, that's impressive. <laughs> it, and it, it's... It, it's a phenomenal place. Mm-hmm. So, but the, their greens are extremely fast and extremely sloped. So they want to come up with a way of, of measuring this. So, what they the way you measure a green is you have a device that's a metal rod that's three feet long. It's like a Hot Wheels track. Oh. Right. But <laughs> but it, it's it's not flexible. It's not flexible. It's it's a Kay. solid piece of, of aluminum or steel. So, at one end there's a slot that will hold a golf ball, and you. You put this device on the ground, and you slowly raise. You put the ball in the slot, and you slowly raise it up until gravity takes over, and the ball rolls off of the, the track, 
and it goes to the end of the track and rolls out across the grass. And so you find a flat place on the green and you do it three times one direction and you measure that. So let's say, you know, it's all three measurements come out to 10 feet. Then you go the opposite way and you roll it back the, the other direction. Okay. And then you do three, three measurements there and take the average of that. And then you take those two averages and put those together and then, you know, divide that by two. And, and that's we, how you determine the speed of your grain. Huh. So the, that's something that we do at our courses on a, a regular basis. And, and for a couple of reasons. One, we want to see that, you know, the, the, the goal of the speed of the greens that we have, that, that we're meeting those. But we'll also go out and measure speed on three or four different greens hmm. uh, to make sure that the consistency from one green to the other is next. And if you're within a half a foot, that's pretty much the industry standard. Oh, wow. So you could be rolling at a, a, a 10 foot on one green and a 9.5 on another. And, and, and that's, that's, that, consistent. that's pretty consistent. Um, but you get into some situations where people are like, oh, these greens are, are slow. And it's like, well, yeah, because you've had uphill putts all day. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and they are going to feel a little bit slower. Yeah. Or, you know, Anaconda, um, we always hear at Anaconda, the greens on the back nine are slower than the front nine. Mm. And and that's not true because we, we do measure that consistency. <laughs> you he don't know what you're talking to about, people. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, but there's a perception. And, and, yeah. and, and Keith, my superintendent, him and I, we, we've had some big discussions about this. And we've gone out and we've checked and, and we're like, no, the speeds are the same. But there's there's a perception that people have. And so the greens at Anaconda on the front nine are, are the original greens. They're, they're really small and tiny. Um, they were built by uh, uh, as, as part of the, the, the smelter plant. Yep. Mm. And, and that, that nine holes it was built for, for the employees. Um, the greens there were originally um, actually sand and oil. They weren't grass. Oh, so, they which sound, was, that sounds like that'd be very difficult to play. <laughs> yeah. there, there's Sand a few courses. Oil. There's a few courses in the world that that still do that. Really? Huh. Um, when you go onto a grain, there's a rake there, and you smooth everything yeah. out, and it's compacted sand. And, Interesting. Um, and and that was wasn't that uncommon, you know, a mm. hundred years ago. You had courses like that. But anyways, the greens on the front side it, are very small, as far as the square footage is very small, and, and they're heavily sloped. Um, like number seven is, is is insane on how it was sloped. But back in the day when it was built, the equipment that you had to, to maintain it, you know, could, could the height of the cut wasn't as high. So the balls oh. weren't, the speed wasn't that much. So mm -hmm. it was fine. But anyways, because they're heavily sloped and they're very small, they seem like they're very fast. Mm -hmm. When you get on the back line, which is only, what, 20-some years old now, um, those greens are three times the size and even though there's some slope to them, they're kind of flatter. Mm -hmm. But you can have a putt on the back nine that's 80 feet. On the front nine, the longest putt you're going to have is 20, maybe that's 30. A big difference, yeah. You know, so there's that perception that the, the greens are rolling slower because right. it's a longer putt. It's just putt. the size, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Huh. And so Anaconda Hills, it just let's describe for people, and I'll put in our show notes links so people can see the different courses. Mm -hmm. uh, but Eco Falls and Anaconda Hills are very opposite sides of the river and Anaconda Hills is I, I used to run it as a cross-country course in high school mm -hmm. it's very hilly uh there's a lot especially the the front nine there I'm, I'm thinking of seven probably that kind of yep. drops around by that little pond yeah so just describe the differences in in the courses so maybe what people can 
plan which one they want to kind of look into. Oh, or do both two days. Yeah, or do both. Obviously, yes. always recommend. Yeah. Always recommend playing both. Um, <laughs> there, there is the 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 conditions of the turf at, at both places is, is very similar, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's something that that Keith and I have worked very hard on, and, and we think that the the greens actually at Anaconda are are probably a little bit faster than Eagle, um, but they're both. The, the greens are extremely healthy and they're, they're very good. So Eagle Falls is considered more of a championship type caliber course because um, it's a lot longer than, well, it's, it's a little bit longer than Anaconda. Uh, the greens complexes, there's a lot more slope. There's a lot more to the Eagle, um, especially on, I don't know, 12 or 13 of the holes that were remodeled years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from a player standpoint and a tournament standpoint, um, I think Eagle Falls, you know, has that edge. And at that property, we we also we, we do have a tap room. There's hmm. food and beverage operations, which we now don't. Now you're speaking Rebecca's yeah. language. Now, now we got. <laughs> I perked up. She, yeah. she did. She's like, wait, what? literally tap room. What? Tap I know room? what those words mean. Yeah. You don't have to define that for me. <laughs> but I think the the more challenging golf courses actually is is Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Um, the front nine is extremely narrow. It, it's 100. Yeah, I've ended up on the fairways I wasn't yeah. supposed to be on. <laughs> the, the, the properties are around 100 years old. Um, the fairways are extremely tight, very tree-lined. The, the greens are, in the world of golf, considered like postage stamp size. They're, they're mm. very, very small, um, and they have a, a ton of slope. And, and then, as we said, you know, 20-plus years ago, I, I'd have to look at the dates, but um, you know, additional nine holes was added. And the back nine is completely different than the front. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's wide open. There's very any, very few trees. It's mm-hmm. extremely hilly, uh, but it's more of a kind of a lynx type feel because of the, the tall grasses lining the fairways and everything. And and it's it's a totally different experience um, when you play that course. It, it's like you play the front nine. You're like, all right, this is hard. Yeah. Um, and then you get on the back nine. Not that it's easy, but it, it's it's just a, different. It's, it's totally different. Yeah. But that's what happens whenever you, you add an additional nine holes. And, and it also has to deal with the, the property that you have and the terrain and mm-hmm. everything to it. Um, but the, that original nine holes at, at Anaconda, you got to keep in mind, it's when that was built, was the, the, equipment that the, the equipment to maintain turf was totally different than what mm-hmm. we have now. Um, the equipment used to play the game, the ball didn't travel as far. Um, so even though you could still hit driver off the hole, I mean, you still had longer irons coming into the greens. And, and so courses back then were, were considerably shorter. Mm. So it, it's, huh. I, I think from a player standpoint, um, I think Anaconda is way more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and if you feel good about the front nine, just hold on because the back <laughs> nine's going to feel a lot different for you too. Well, you know, for, from a competitive standpoint, you know, if, if you can play the front nine – uh, at, at a pretty reasonable score, mm-hmm. um, you should should be able to put up a good number. Uh, you know, once you get on the backside, mm-hmm. um, I think the front nine is is way harder than than the back. Mm-hmm. But but it's still, I mean, Anaconda is very unique property, um, and it's a lot of fun. We have people that are extremely loyal to. They will only play Anaconda. Mm-hmm. They won't play Eagle. Um, we have people who only play Eagle and won't play Anaconda. <laughs> um, but we have a lot of people that, that play both. Mm-hmm. And from a golfer standpoint, you like to have that variety. You know, playing the same course every day um, can get old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just you know? easier for me to remember where the holes are. Like, <laughs> I'm always well, looking at the map going, um, I think that's the next hole. 
I have no idea where Sometimes we're headed. It's confusing. Yeah. Well, in Anaconda, there's the one, and I'm not sure what the whole number is, just because I don't. You need to. Play I just more. play the course, and I don't really pay that much attention to which hole I'm on, honestly. But uh, there's one where you shoot, or you when you drive, it basically if you hit it well, disappears down. And then there's the big old building. The that barn. I'm sh- yeah, the barn that I'm sure I've hit with my ball before. And then that you have to like ring the bell when you're done nice. with the hole so people know you're off the green. So that that's number five at, okay. at Anaconda. It's a, um, for listeners out there, it's 290 <laughs> yards, rules. 280 mm-hmm. yards, something like that. Um, it's a blind tee shot. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little bit of a dog leg to the right. Mm-hmm. It is definitely reachable. Because it's reachable, everybody in the world tries to hit driver there. Um, that might not be which the is, smartest play. Which is not the smartest play. Yeah. Because 10 feet to the right of the green is out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, the old barn. I've lost a lot of balls yeah. over the years on that and, hole. And, and I think everybody <laughs> has. Uh, you know, that barn, interestingly if, enough, if you weren't aware, that that's actually a historic property. Mm-hmm. That was the original fire station for, for Black Eagle. Yep. Oh. Oh, is that what it was? I didn't know that. And here you are defacing that historic <laughs> asset with it's your not ball. Not on purpose. Well, it's definitely not on purpose. <laughs> uh, there is a group out there who who's exploring possibly renovating that building and, yep. and restoring it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ball will bounce back and hit you. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Some rubber on there. Now, for for anybody's listening, the the proper way of playing that hole is, yeah. is actually to hit an iron to the 150 yard mm-hmm. pole, and then you can see where and, you're and, going and, and then drop play down. it in from there. Mm-hmm. Um, for every time that a guy will drive a ball and hit that green and, and maybe make an eagle. Um, I, I did play with a guy one time who had a hole in one. On, 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 on that, five? On five. Oh, uh, my gosh. The first year the Great Falls Open, actually, I was in a group with a guy who did that. Oh, my gosh. Um, did he hit it on the top and it rolled down, or did he make the green and it just rolled? You know, you, you can't <laughs> tell because yeah. you can't, you well, can't yeah, see I the green. Well, yeah, I guess unless it's, you have somebody down there watching. It's a blind shot. You just get there and your um, ball's there in the hole. All right. But, but what I was going to say is that Every guy who's, who's driven that green um, will, from then on, will always try to hit driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you added up their scores over their entire career and what they shot there, they're going to probably average six. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if you laid up short, you know, you'd probably average four and a half to five, yeah. somewhere in that range. It, it's a better strategy from a strategic way. It's better to play it that way. Yeah. So then you ring the bell when you're done so people know they can try to drive the green again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Do you instruct people when they're the first time to Anaconda Hills to have all these rules about ringing the bell and getting out of the way? Um, do you give <laughs> tips on ways to do the holes or you just give them the map and say, best of luck? Oh, we just <laughs> have have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, um, as far as ringing the bell, uh, most people, so when you come off of that green, you go to the next tee box, there's a, a, there's a bell there. Um, and with a sign, you know, ring this. And, and most golfers uh, just kind of naturally know what that's for, oh. is to clear that. Um, We're not the only golf course yeah. in the world that has a bell. No, I I've, <laughs> I grew up on a course that is very similar to uh, to Anaconda, the front nine there. Um, so whenever I play, it always reminds me of the, you know, the first course I ever played. And, and there was a hole there that had a bell. Um, there was a course I grew up playing that had uh, had a periscope. And that's kind of common at, at some oh. properties whenever it's a, a, a blind shot in the landing zone. And so you'll go and, and look through a periscope and, and see if the fairway's clear. They'll allow you to see, tee that's off. that's a good idea. 
Um, nowadays, you, you get some of those properties don't have the periscopes anymore. They actually have a, a, a TV screen there. And, oh my gosh, and really? Cameras. Wow. Um, Edgewood and Tahoe, where they host the uh, the celebrity tournament, um, I think they finally transitioned. They used to have a periscope on, I think, 15 hole in the back mm. nine. Um, that makes more sense because yeah. to me, I never know, like, am I waiting for the bell? Was there actually somebody, like, am I just waiting for nothing? So I feel like that's an easier way to see what's happening you i don't know, know. If, if you don't hear the bell and you, and you don't have a periscope and you <laughs> but can I'm see not there in I, danger I always of driving tell people, <laughs> yeah i tell people just drive up there and, and make sure drive it's clear yeah. I, I would rather you take an extra <laughs> take couple minutes and do that than to put somebody's you know life at risk hitting into them yeah good call <laughs> your life is never at risk with me you can always play ahead of me your life will never be at risk <laughs> Although the one time when it counted, I was able to, you know, look like I knew what I was doing with golf. It was par three. And I made it in two. My husband looked at me like, who is this woman? I'm like, yep, I'm that good. And he goes, no, you're not. <laughs> you got lucky. What's happened? I'm like people were watching. I needed to look like I knew what I was doing. Good job. Yeah. He stepped up to the plate when it counted. <laughs> so then I thought, well, maybe I'll start keeping score. <laughs> Because I don't very rarely keep score. Yeah. And then by hole three, I'm like, hmm, there's no need to keep score. <laughs> I just scratch that. <laughs> One of my dreams is that we would have a par three course in town. I love par three courses. Par three courses can be can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a property, an off-course retail shop in, in, uh, in New Jersey for a while. And, and we had a par three course uh, behind the driving range. Probably the best par three course I've ever played. Yeah. The the, the greens were extremely sloped, um, very fast, uh, very deep bunkers around the green, and the holes were between 90 yards and 120, I think. Hmm. Uh, but when we were teaching junior golf, we it was a great place to take the kids yeah. out there and learn how to play. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of par three courses, um, uh, especially for beginners. Mm-hmm. Um, but even from advanced players, to, it if the conditions are really good, you know, it's a great way of really sharpening your, your skills because mm-hmm. that's where you score is within 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have, you know, Hickory's an executive course here. It's mm-hmm. all threes and fours. Um, and, and it's considerably shorter than in the other courses. But there's a lot of people that, well, one, the conditions there are phenomenal. Um, I mean, the greens Billy has over there are just, I mean, amazing. But from a, a beginner standpoint or even a senior player, it, it's a perfect venue for, mm. for them. Um, but we do have a par three tournament coming up oh. that, that you and you and Jason should probably yeah. sign up for. So on Saturday oh, of... He didn't invite me, <laughs> yeah. <did> you notice? <laughs> I just told him. Bring Robert on along. On a par three, I shot yeah. two. And yeah. he's like, yeah, we're still not inviting him. We, we will have beer specials that day. <laughs> oh, he knows you so well. So, so there's a little bit for everyone. I can yeah. cheer. Yeah. Okay, yeah, what is the what is that? So at the Masters tournament, it comes up here in the beginning of April in mm-hmm. Augusta. Um, on Wednesday of Masters week, they hold a they have a, a, a nine hole par three course on the, the property. Oh, okay. And Let's just be clear the Masters doesn't happen here in Great Falls. No, it does not happen yeah. here Sadly, in Great Falls. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's in Augusta, Georgia. Mm. Um, but anyways, it it's it's tradition at the Masters that on Wednesday all the the players they play the the par three course and and usually they have family members or their kids caddy Cat, for them uh-huh. and, and it's really cool whenever you see the you know the the kids that are like four years old wearing the, the white jumpsuit <laughs> yeah. caddy you know um, so what a lot of courses do and, and we started this a couple of years ago is um, 
we will go out and set up all 18 holes on our course as par threes. Oh. So we'll set up cones down the fairways, mm-hmm. um, anywhere from 100 yards to 220 yards from the green. And the entire course is just play it as, as a par three okay. course. Okay. So that starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday, April 8th. And then um, afterwards, we all go into the bar. We watch. We watch the Masters. Watch That's we'll on the come TV. We'll meet up with you. Yeah, uh, have some food and some drinks. Uh, you know, give out some prizes, some yeah. awards. But it's kind of a kickoff to the to the season. Um, last year, it was extremely cold. I was going to say this um, could be a it was the whole weather was not here. good. Yeah, yeah. Here in Montana in April, uh, it's hard Hit to say miss. what you're going to yeah. get. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try Dress and layers, as Jerry always says. Yeah. Layer Golf. like an onion. <laughs> Golf is an outdoor sport. Yes. Yep. You know? I remember in, uh, so I played golf in high school. Again, not well, but I was on the golf team. And we uh, came in Haver, and we played at Eagle Falls for a tournament once. And I remember it was snowing, cold, yeah, March or April, because at that time it was a spring sport. I remember hitting at the club and just it was so cold it just like (laughs) reverberated in my hands and it hurt i think they canceled it after like four or five holes but well my first Mm -hmm. my first year up here in 2019 they had um uh, montana state uh, i think class b Mm -hmm. um, tournament was over at meadowlark that year Mm -hmm. we're we're hosting it over at eagle falls now whenever it's in town but um, but that year was at Meadowlark, and it was in September, and I was tapped to be a, uh, a rules official. So I was out on the property and, and kind of roaming around the, yeah. the two days of the tournament. And on the second day when we had, I think, four holes left, no, three holes left, um, snowstorm came in. And, and in a very short period of time, we accumulated, you know, about an inch of snow on the on the course. Wow. And, and – and we must have only had like two holes left, uh, but the, they were able to finish. It made national news pictures of these kids yeah. out there putting in the snow, uh-huh. trying to clear snow out of the way to putt. Um, it, it was it was crazy, but and that was September. I mean, yeah. that's September, Montana. You'll have that. There's that always the gamble of yeah. that. Yeah. So when you host tournaments at the golf course, do you close it down for other people? Like like a tournament is happening and I can't show up and play, or can I? So it depends on the size of the tournament. Oh, okay. Um, if if a group comes to us, if a charity organization comes to us and says, hey, we, we want to host a fundraising golf tournament there, if they have 100 players, 90 to 100 players or more, uh, we'll, we'll completely close the golf course and make it available just for them for, for that day. Um, but if you have a group of, say, 36 players, you know, we do what's called a modified shotgun. Just depend- Everybody will still start at the same time. But this way we organize the what holes you're going to start on, oh. but that allows us to get that group out on the course and then open it up for public play. Okay, so you'd be able to make a tee time and still come out and play. Now, if we do close, um, the the course is closed for the day. One thing we do is we will never close both courses on the same day. Uh-huh. So, so you can go to the other one. The the other one is always open. And then um, as far as our pass holders, which are our passes just went on sale two weeks ago and they go from april through the end of march um what we do is that if one course is closed for an outing we'll honor your pass at the other property oh that's oh. nice so yeah. you, as as a pass holder you always have a, an option to, to play and, and you know there, there's pros and cons to that some some guys like I said don't like to play the other course uh <laughs> but they have that option yeah and, and then the, the third option that we always have is is my company actually manages old works down in, in uh, oh, anaconda yeah mm-hmm. um 
one of the top two or three courses it's in the Jack state. It's a Jack Nicholas course. Yeah. I don't know what that means either, but. So Jack Nicholas is uh, signature one of the all-time great, great golfers. Oh, I know. Yeah. I did know yeah. who he was. Yeah. <laughs> I just want our listeners to know, like, I did know who he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. what it means when, like, so, he showed up and designed the course. I so, doubt yeah, that. Jack, mm-hmm. Jack and his team designed that yep. course. And, oh, and that's he, correct. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got it. I thought maybe yeah. he just showed up and he's like, this is a fine course. <laughs> Trick. Yeah. <laughs> like broke the champagne bottle on the <laughs> he, he kind box. Of, he, he kind of does that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so his team, they, they come in and they design properties. And then um, the traditional first round, and I don't know if Jack still does it because he's in his 80s now. Um, but back in the day, the f- the official first round of golf ever played on any of his courses was, was Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh. He would go out and all the members um, or the local community would come out and follow him. And he would play 18 holes and tell stories. And um, that that was always the the kickoff to it. And the famous story with with Jack designing courses is um, he gets to the 18th green one time, and he's got like a, a 40 foot putt for for birdie. And he's talking to the, and there's a crowd of like 50 people around because Jack Nicholas. Of course, you want to watch him play. Mm-hmm. So he's telling stories the whole time. He gets to that green. He's got like a 40 or 50 foot putt, and he's telling the story. He says, you know, every course I've ever opened, and he's designed, I don't know, a couple, maybe 200 courses now. It's hard to say. He says, I've birdied the 18th hole of every course I've ever opened. Oh, my gosh. No pressure. And everybody's Holy like, cow. and he's like, he goes, this is a long putt. I don't, I don't know. I might break that streak. Oh, my gosh. So he gets over the ball, and he's getting ready to putt. And as he's starting to, to take the, the putter back, his caddy yells at him, pick it up, Jack. That's good for birdie. He's like, Aww. works for me. Picks it up and walks off the green. Everybody, like, laughs. Because it's yeah. kind of funny because you didn't see it coming. Yeah. But, the, but that was Jack's thing. We yeah. always do on that. So that's how he oh. birdies all, yeah. the, all the holes. Um. <laughs> So uh, I have another question about tournaments and the ability to be a spectator. Uh, do you put up the ropes? Like you get to stand around like you see on TV and some guy holds a paddle to be quiet and you get to watch people play tournament or is that just on the movies or on TV? In in On PGA Tour events or... or no, um, like I'm talking here in Great Falls because I'm assuming we've never had a PGA tournament. No, no we haven't um, had yeah, that. so, um, but like the Montina, the one per- in September. There we go. Like, can you be a spectator? And there's so ropes, and we, you get to watch or not? We we don't have ropes because those ropes are, are for crowd control, and, and we don't have crowds? that many people. We don't have crowds. Well, you're um, gonna need one for Rebecca now. We're, we will. We'll 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 give you a rope when you go out there. How's you that? You can just hold, we'll it, just in hold it in front of you. <laughs> that actually would be hysterical to see. Yeah. I'm your gal. I'm my rope. <laughs> you and Robert just stand, there. just stand there. And then some, I'll hold the paddle but, too yeah, if you yeah, want. Yeah, you need multiple Quiet. hands for that. So the, the, the Great Falls Open said so we don't have the, the, the crowds yet. I, I have a, a long-term plan and, and vision for, for that tournament because that's something my staff created and, and um, something that we, we take a lot of pride in. And it's growing every year. And uh, so it's 18 holes a day in a condo on Saturday and then 18 holes at Eagle Falls on Sunday. Ooh. Uh, so you get to play both courses and it's, it's a stroke play tournament. It's the only individual stroke play tournament um, open to everybody here in the area. <laughs> um, all the other events that you typically have, especially your charity events or, or you know, a team event, four-man scramble and stuff. Um, the second biggest event that we do um, is the Montana State Two-Man, which is run at Eagle Falls by the Eagle Falls Men's Golf Association. Mm-hmm. Um, that's turned into a very large event. So it's, um, it's the first full weekend in August. 
and it's a two-man team best ball. So if you two were playing and you went out and, and you made a four, mm-hmm. uh, if Shannon made a four and you made a, a One. five, <laughs> your team score would be four. Oh. And then on next hole, if you, which is a par three, if you make your two <laughs> – and, yeah. Shannon, and Shannon made seven, mm-hmm. your team score we, would be a two. Oh, that's so that, that's, yeah. that's best ball. People confuse scramble and best mm. ball. They're totally yeah. different formats. Um, but anyways, the Montana State uh, two-man is um, obviously a two-man best ball tournament. We do a practice round on Friday. Uh, the tournament is um, Saturday and Sunday. We have a straight tee format on Saturday. You pick your tee time, you get to go out and play. After golf on Saturday at 5 o'clock, when we're figuring out all the pairings for Sunday, because um, we flight everybody based on, or pair everybody based on your scores, um, and we do a shotgun Sunday morning, we figure all that out. But what we do on Saturday night is, is you know, I bring a live band, we got tables and tents, we do a steak dinner, fun. we have games and contests, and, and every year that's growing. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Then we go out and we play Sunday, it's a 9 a.m. shotgun. And then afterwards, uh, we do a derby which is, if you've never been a part of a derby, it's kind of an experience to, to see. You have, um, we take 20 teams of, of two, and you play alternate shot, which is you would hit a ball, and then I would hit it until mm. it's hold out. Um, so you got 20 teams, means you have 40 players, and then some spectators, but we're all playing the same hole at the same time. <gasps> oh, does anyone get hurt? <laughs> <laughs> No, Shannon, they're professionals. It, it, it's it's extremely safe. Um, it, I'd be so worried about hitting someone. You, you have to, yeah, you have to pay attention in, in that format. But um, it sounds like but super it's, fun to watch. It's a fun time, and, and then we eliminate a couple couple teams every hole. Okay. So coming down the last hole is oh. like three or four teams. Okay. And, and um, you know, every year we do a little bit differently, or the men's club does that a little bit differently. Does the speed in which you complete the whole matter? No. Okay, no. that seems good. That would be more. Chaotic. It takes it, it takes about a little little over two hours. Okay. To, to go through the process of of, of closing that out. Um, do you wait for the other people to hit, or are you all hitting at once? Because I just imagine everybody's hitting at once and trying to be as fast as they can. When everybody is teeing <laughs> off, um, we'll go individually. Okay. Uh, but once. Once you've dispersed down Once the everybody, fairway. Once yeah, has yeah. gone down the fairway, you know, the, the rule is, is you know, as long as nobody's in front of you, go yeah, ahead and, go for and, it. Okay. and, and play. Um, Put your initials on your balls, you know, yeah, which right. one's yours. <laughs> well, we, we number all the balls, mm-hmm. and then we assign that to a team. There you That's go. helpful. And, and, and you play from there. And uh, it, it's the derbies. We do a couple of those a year, and uh, the derby during the two-man is, is just a, a ton of fun. Um, but that, that tournament there is, is growing – I think last year we had 130 some players. Oh wow! Oh, um, nice. We'll probably be right around that 150 mark. Fun. Um, I've got guys from our corporate office, or actually, they come up and play in it because it's 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 a fun fun. Yeah, event. it sounds like it. That would also yeah. be a good excited, spectator one. Excited yeah. for my rope to be a spectator. Yes, perfect. Can you rent clubs at yes. your courses? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we do have rental clubs. Or they're fifteen dollars for the set. Um, they're Tour Edge, which is a, a, a brand. Um, so they're not super high end, but they're they're very functional. Mm-hmm. They're good clubs. But we have a lot of we actually get a lot of people that you know come to Great Falls and visit, mm-hmm. and they don't have clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we have those available for it. We have plenty of sets. Um, it's very common for us to have 10, 15 sets of rentals out on the course at any given okay. time. Okay, huh? so you have quite a few. We we get a lot of okay. a, a lot of visitors. Yeah, that we'll play. What about cart rental or uh, do you have enough carts for people to rent? 
Spectators, can they rent a car? <laughs> so, a couple things They're to just that. Just gone. I knew that was where we yeah. were headed. <laughs> so, a, a couple things we 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 do have um we do have our own fleet of carts that that you can rent. Okay. Um, there are there are times where because of demand, we we might be out of a cart, uh-huh. and you might have a, a short wait until we bring it in, which is pretty common at public courses. Um, you could always use more carts, um, but we do have them available for you if, if you wanted to. We also have these um, uh, Tempo Walks, which is a almost like a robotic caddy. So there's these little three-wheeled vehicles. You put your clubs in those, and you wear a transponder on your belt, and you walk down a fairway, and, oh and this gosh, thing it will, follow you? It will follow you down there. And it has a cooler <laughs> on it for drinks. <laughs> They're actually, that sounds... Uh, cool, but kind of terrifying gonna to just to look across up. the green and ju- or look across the way and you just. It's <laughs> what I'm going to so need for my rope. Like my, yeah, my caddy will be on one end rope. so yeah. I can hold up my sign <laughs> that says <laughs> quiet. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to be a one man spectator. <laughs> yes, <you are>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. The golfers will be excited mm-hmm. I'm there. They'll be so, like, oh. Because <laughs> when they do that, I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you that have is what I need because yeah, as I was is. telling Shannon earlier, like I don't hit it far enough to really require a cart. Yet my husband insists on renting one all the time, and then just drives beside me while I walk to my ball. <laughs> <laughs> this is really well, he's pointless. comfortable. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can rent those things mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we have we have four at each property that you okay. can you can take out. That's pretty exciting. Other, yeah. other than actually having a caddy, it's mm-hmm. probably one of the greatest walks I've ever had in golf. Yeah. I, I really enjoy taking those out because it's you're walking down a fairway with one club in your hand. Yeah, I like that part. So my yeah. my dad again, I grew up in like a golf family, and my dad was adamant about walking the course, and so growing up, I we never rented a cart my husband now insists that's the only way to do it is with a cart and it does make it like (laughs) nicer but the idea of walking because you get good exercise in but not having to haul the bag around and off and on and off and on I could do that I like that yeah I think he would have liked that too you guys should should try that yeah because it's I've used them a bunch of times and um and I absolutely love those because so you walk down a fairway with a drink in your hand, and, and you're out for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you're not, right. you're not pushing a cart. You're not carrying your clubs on your right. shoulders. So physically, it doesn't have that toll on right. you. Right. And that's the part I, yeah. like, wasn't as big a fan of about walking as the Yeah. Yeah, because we all grew up with, you know, there weren't a lot of push carts whenever I grew up. Yeah. It, it was all, um, you know, throw the bag over the shoulder. And right. When the dual strap came out, or like a backpack, oh, that, was that, was, that, was, that was huge. <laughs> yeah. It was way more comfortable. And I grew up playing courses in Western Pennsylvania, or um, there's not a flat lie. It's very yeah. much like like Anaconda. Mm. So I mean, but we walk those every day. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, carts are nice. But from a player standpoint, I think walking is is a it's a better experience. That's yeah. What the pros do? That's you don't true. See them on a cart ever. That's very true. And mm-hmm. they're walking long distances mm-hmm. between their little putts. Yeah. Gotta stay in shape. <laughs> uh. So I've heard that there, especially over on Anaconda, there's been bobcats spotted over there before. You get wildlife. What's the, what's the oddest animal you've encountered on one of the courses? Or what kind of animals have you encountered so on we, the course? Uh, a couple of years ago, we had a moose that took up residence for the wintertime on, right. on Anaconda. Um, and we got some really cool pictures yeah. of, of, of him hanging out. He was pretty... 
pretty young bull, but still w- was a bull. Um, at Anaconda, we have um, uh, we did have a pair of uh, a nesting pair of bald eagles. Oh, cool! Over on, yeah. on number six, um, but they they weren't around last year, so we're mm. a little concerned if it was avian flu, which is oh, really going through the yeah, community. Yeah. Uh, some conversations I have fish and wildlife that yeah. you know they they feel that that could be what affected them. That's too bad. Um, yeah. But having bald eagles on the course, um, we had a, a golden eagle that actually took that nest over one mm. year. Um, and then he left and then the, the bald eagles came back and they, <laughs> yeah. it was, what, two summers ago, they, they had a whole little family. So it was kind of cool Aww. seeing little babies up there. Um, apparently they do not like to eat rock chucks. Oh, <laughs> oh. Because. I, that would I, be helpful if they did. It, it yeah. would, because one day I'm sitting up there and, and I'm watching the, the, see the eagles in the nest and yeah. there's, there's 30 <laughs> on, on the ground right underneath the tree is like 30 rock chucks. Huh. I'm like. Guys, I like, would think that'd be perfect prey for them. Like, you don't have yeah. to go far. Dinner's right there. <laughs> um, we had badger. Uh, two years ago, we had a badger over at Eagle Falls. Yeah. It took up residence out on the, the driving range. Um, <laughs> That's helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I get, you know, we, we have hawks and other things. There. Yeah. A lot of rock chucks. Uh, both courses have the amount of deer at Anaconda. If people oh. could go over there in the <laughs> in urban the, deer, yeah, in the wintertime and see how many deer are there, mm-hmm. um, really probably around 150 wow. that hang out on the driving range. Um, and a, or at Eagle, we have, geez, it's growing every year. <laughs> uh, I, I the other day I was having this conversation with somebody. I said I, I think we got like 30, and then it's like two days later, um, I watched 35 walk across the bridge <laughs> on 18 coming up the cart path yeah and i look down number one and there's another 20 going there and oh i look out the drive range there's another couple so we're we're right around 60 or so that have taken up residence on the the golf course wow um so yeah there's there's, there's a ton of wildlife on yeah on both it's kind of cool i've heard the golf course open during the winter oh on yeah sometimes mm-hmm. and then you gotta play it backwards, backwards. yeah the d- d- does that is that real is that or thing? did I make is it up? A thing? Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I've heard that too. I think. <laughs> so the course years ago, yeah, they they would they would play the course backwards. Um, I'm not sure why. <laughs> uh, in all honesty, green I, maintenance. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's part of that. I mean, I kind of understand from an operator standpoint, but so we we completely close Anaconda for the winter. Okay. Um, usually from mid to late October to roughly beginning of April. Uh, we're trying for April 1 this year. I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of work to do to, to get that ready. But Eagle Falls, um, we keep that open year-round, weather oh. weather permitting. So if, if and that, there's... And that's the one with the tap house? That's the one with the, the <laughs> yeah, tap, tap house. Room. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we, have, we have six beers on tap. You can come on Woo! over. Mm-hmm. A couple microbrews. Beautiful experience there. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good food. So, but yeah, we keep... Um, We'll keep that course open year-round, weather weather permitting. This winter here, we didn't have a lot of golf because we've been snow-covered. Yeah. Uh, even today, where it's supposed to be 52, 53 yeah. degrees, um, gorgeous weather for golf. But if you could see how much snow I have on some greens and mm-hmm. some of the drifts out there. Real you know, soggy still. Some, some places, the snow is still two feet deep. Wow. Other places, it's only a couple inches, but it's ice. Mm. And other places where it's melted off, it, it's a mud pit. Yeah. Um, so this year wasn't a good year for, for winter golf. But in the past, you know, 
we've been able to play golf every month of the year. Mm. Yeah. Um, we, we don't play the course backwards. We, we do play it from, <laughs> from tee to green. We, we put, um, uh, we have three different holes in every green, uh, so we can move the flags and it cuts down a wear and tear on the turf. Um, and at this time of the year, because the ground's frozen, you can't cut new cups every day. So we have three out there and you just rotate the flag from one to the, the next as oh. you come through. Um, and we use the, the tee boxes we put out there. We put in areas that we usually don't use in the summertime. Um, and to protect those areas for, for any damage and wear and tear, because it does take a, a toll. This time of year, the grass isn't growing. It's not going to rejuvenate itself. So any damage you cause is, is kind of there for a while mm-hmm, yeah. uh, until you get into like, you know, June. And so, so we do things like that, but we, we, um, we definitely encourage people to come out and play. And there's days where you can play, but it, it's walking only, which will probably be the case for the next two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know there's a lot of guys who, who, who have to take a cart. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the, they just wouldn't be able to in those times, but it's, it's very, very wet. All the properties here in town are, are all in the, the same boat of it's, it's very wet. moist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I realize some people don't like that word and that's why I chose that's it. I, yeah. yeah. I could see it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a feeling I that's that. why she yeah. said that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it gets near the end. People have to have some emotion that just really gets to make them, them turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> well, I've certainly learned a lot about yeah. golf. Mm-hmm. That See, this was way <laughs> long. You thought it would be so short and sweet. Well, if I had to talk about golf, <laughs> it'd be 10 minutes. Yeah. When you this have to we teach have an someone about golf mm-hmm. um, who knows nothing, it uh, makes for a longer episode, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. I, I could... I can tell stories for hours. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've seen some pretty cool things on property and even... Uh, my girlfriend will look at me now and just shake her head. And she's <laughs> like, "Wait, you did what?" Yeah. <laughs> um, I've I've caddied in the the, um, the celebrity tournament that's on NBC every year in, yeah. in Lake Tahoe. I've caddied in that eight different oh, years. Wow! So I've been around a, a lot of the celebs and are some, you allowed to say stories. who you've caddied for? Yeah. Ooh, okay. I, I, He's there, not gonna. There are, <laughs> no, no, I won't. Um, I think probably the coolest person I caddied for was probably Jerry Rice. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, um, he, he's he's a phenomenal individual. Mm. Um, you know, growing up as a Steelers fan, I was never a fan of the Niners. Yeah. Um, but I always appreciated Jerry. And, and after spending a day with him, um, I had huge respect for the guy. Mm. Uh, as, as far as the quality of a human being, he's phenomenal. Um, there are two celebrities that I won't say who they are. One in particular, I won't say who he is, but his catchphrases get her done. Let's mm. kind of go with uh. that. Um, uh-huh. Still, still owes yeah. me fifty dollars. Um, <laughs> okay, not, not a fan. Putting of, that out into the world. Not a fan yeah. of his. Uh huh. Okay. Um, yeah. He's Fair. Not yeah. Interesting individual. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll tell stories mm-hmm. like that. My girlfriend looks at me. And she's like, "What?" And, she's like, what? Yeah. and then she always gets annoyed because when we're watching golf, um, I'll be like, "Yeah, I remember whenever I played that hole." And she's like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I played that course." Yeah. You know, uh, so I've, I've been able to do some things like that. And yeah, it's oh, kind of pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, kind of a crazy experience. Do you have a master's prediction who you think is going to win or be be up there? <laughs> do you even know who's in the masters? I mean, some. I don't know the full <laughs> yeah. field, but yeah, I, I, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a so counter. I'll well, just no, sit I here and part- <laughs> be a spectator. <laughs> Hold your rope. <laughs> 
I, I, that that's a hard one to yeah. answer. Um, I. I You know, Scott, Scotty Scheffler won last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is playing really good golf right now. Um, John Rahm's was playing really well. He was very hot for, for a little bit, and he's kind of cooled off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if that course fits Rahm's game. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, right now, I if I had to pick a couple golfers, I, I would say uh, Rory probably is probably my favorite to win it this year. Mm. I, I'm a um, Rory fan. Mm-hmm. No, Rory, he needs to win the Masters because then that's the final leg of the Grand Slam. Yeah. And there's only been six people who've ever done that. Which is really impressive. And, and Rory's been in contention mm-hmm. and, and has blown up. Uh, but I, I kind in of recent feel years this too. year. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the first time he was in that position to win, he had a, a couple shot lead going into the back. So the back nine at, at Augusta on Sunday is when the, the fun starts. <laughs> um, They've played two and a half weeks long and, yeah. and this back nine on mm-hmm. one day that's it that's the where when it starts and ends historically it, it um it has happened so many times where guys have had the lead after nine holes and they go on to number 10 and then the final nine holes of the tournament they've they've blown up um it, it's the, the back nine on Sunday at Augusta is my favorite mm-hmm. time of year. I, I usually take Sunday off from work. Yeah. Um, I usually find a nice quiet bar and I sit <laughs> there and I watch yeah. I watch that. Uh, but Rory that one year, I mean, he had a, a couple stroke lead. He gets a number 10 and he mm-hmm. hits a snap hook and the camera crews are panning over to where it's at. And even the announcers are like, we've never seen a ball that far left. <laughs> oh, gosh. He was out of bounds. And it's like the first time there's cabins over there. It's the first time those cabins <laughs> oh, were gosh. ever on TV. <laughs> And, wow, and because because players never yeah. players never hit a ball over there. Wow, and so they don't let me on that course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would For say Rory's reasons. got a shot. I would say yeah. Xander Shoffley, I think has a has a good shot. Um, if he's if it's a dark horse, I, mm-hmm. I can't discount Xander from doing that. Um, I don't know Scotty Scheffler. He he's a hard one to to say. I mean, he wins it last year, and he's number one player in the world right now. Uh, but the difference between him, Rory, and, and Rom, I mean, they're 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 so close as far as being the, the top players. Uh, but it's going to be a fun tournament. Yeah. Always, always, oh, is. it always is. Yeah. It's always emotional. Yeah. Those last final nine, too, and it, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, I mean, you go back a couple of years ago, whenever Tiger wins it, mm-hmm. you know, watching him, you know, he was a couple shots out of it going into twelve, and watching everybody just hit balls into the water, and. I'm sitting there watching them going, everybody in the world knows you don't go at the flag on Sunday and on 12. <laughs> you hit it to the middle of the green yeah. and two putt and get out of there. And I'm watching all these guys <laughs> all go at the flag. You. They're all going <laughs> into the water. And Tiger gets up. And, and I was in, in a shop. And uh, I was in, in uh, Louisiana. This was, what, 2000, 2018 or 19, whenever mm-hmm. he won that last one. And uh, I said to one girl who was in a shop, I'm like, Tiger's hitting this to the middle of the green. <laughs> He's won it four times. He, he knows where to play. He knows it. what to do. Yeah, and, and that's how he ends up winning it the fifth time. Uh, yeah, the, the back nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Augusta is. I think Augusta is probably one of the coolest tournaments out there because it's the only course, or it's the only tournament that's played at the same course every year. Mm-hmm. So, from a spectator standpoint, you you know the layout of the course, and, Don't and need you the can cart. kind of yeah. anticipate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no carts. You're not yeah. going to hit any carts. <laughs> Um, it, it's, uh, Augusta is a very unique mm. property. Um, yeah. there's a lot of stories of, of what they do down there. They do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, be neat to experience that sometime. Yeah. 
Um, U.S. Opens. Uh, I've been to a couple. They're mm-hmm. they're they're really really cool events. The Phoenix Open is a totally different animal, mm-hmm. which is is fun to go to. Um, yeah, professional tournaments. Uh, even on the Champions Tour, the Champions Tour. There's some good golf to be played, uh, but it's more of an exhibition. You know, I mean, the guys can still play, but it, it's you can have carts on. <laughs> on the champion store. Nice. Um, but regular PGA Tour events and, and LPGA events, mm-hmm. um, man, the, the, the quality of golf on the LPGA right now is phenomenal. Um, they're, they are so good with their long irons. It, it's, it's impressive. Uh, there was a stat I saw the other day. I can't remember who the player was. But from 180 yards in, she was – light years more accurate than any guy on the PGA Tour. Mm. Uh, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> we encourage you uh, to come to Great Falls anytime. Play yeah. golf. We know mm-hmm. golfers just love Rebecca to go Rebecca will from. come and be a spectator you, for you. If you want to rent me as a spectator, yeah. I will cheer for you with my own rope mm-hmm. and my assistant Robotic caddy. Robotic caddy, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm gonna have it's to a hold a good the side f- hustle for you. Yeah, <laughs> just stop into the office. I'm I'm your gal. <laughs> you get so much service when you play in Great Falls. Personal <laughs> cheering squad. Just saying. Oh, oh goodness, Ingham's back on the course. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I think it. I think it's awesome. We're, we're gonna start offering that service. Yeah, yeah. just uh, I'll be prepared. Yeah. Rent a spectator. Yeah. New program. So clearly, if you have questions about our courses and uh, want to come plan a trip, uh, call me, uh, 406-761-4436, and I'll give you all the information of how to get a hold of Jeff and his team over mm-hmm. at Anaconda and Eagle Falls. They're beautiful courses. Mm-hmm. I've driven uh, Anaconda a number of times <laughs> for photo and video shoots. Mm, yeah. I'm not the golfer in those photos or videos. Not yet. Um, Could be. Now, I'll be the spectator, Shannon, <laughs> yes, yeah, again. Right, right, right. Um, that's really my best role when it comes to professionalism. <laughs> so, folks, uh, hope you've had fun. We had a blast. Uh, maybe Jeff not as much as us, but... <laughs> this has been very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to spend More your day. More than he bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's been here, so he knows. He's yeah. like, oh, Jeff will do fine. <laughs> <laughs> Throw him to the wolves here. So until we see your bright, smiley, happy, healthy face here in Great Falls, we hope you are creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you might be. We'll see you soon. We are no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town.